0: This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, episode 165, live episode, combining bank on yourself with profit first.
1: Hey, everyone.
0: Welcome to this week's episode. We've got a lot of ground to cover today. So I want to get right to our live episode where we recorded this back in September. And if you don't want to wait so long to get our live episodes, be sure to subscribe to our mailing list where we are going to let you know that we have a live episode coming up. In fact, we do have one coming up in the first week of December. So keep an eye out for that information and go to notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com click on subscribe, and that's where you can make sure that you don't miss any of the information that we shared way back in September. It's not guaranteed that we always air these live episodes on our podcast. So make sure that you subscribe to our email list so you can get all the latest live episodes, Q&A with me and some of our esteemed guests. It's all waiting for you there at notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com and then click on subscribe. So, for most of our Not Your Average episodes, we aim our strategies toward alternatives to Wall Street. And similarly, for today's episode, we're going to be talking about how your business can become a cash-eating monster. And so, what we're describing on this episode points to Not Your Average Financial Business Practices, because the average business keeps a bunch of money in their business checking account or lines of credit with a bank and they're in debt up to their eyeballs. So this is a moment where you can really find out a way to get free from the paycheck to paycheck business cycle. If you're a business owner or not, you're going to find a lot of value in this episode. It's a live episode we recorded in front of a wonderful audience and not your average revolutionaries listening to this show. It's with Brandon and Amanda Neely, who are profit first professionals, as well as bank on yourself professionals. So you're going to get a ton of content out of this. I can't wait to get into the episode, but first I want to make a quick announcement. We are hiring. We are hiring at Lake growth financial services. And for the next few weeks, we're accepting applications. Do you want to work with us? Are you ready? Uh, If you've ever thought about starting your own business, for yourself, but not by yourself, and you want that control, you want that reward of reaching your own earning potential, this is a unique opportunity. We don't do this very often, but we are working with a number of people who have reached out to us, said that they'd like to work and build a true financial practice with our not so average financial strategies. This is a moment where we'll be doing some in-depth daily training to make sure that you're successful and to give you the wings to fly. So a lot of our not-so-average financial strategies need additional help and mentoring. And if you want to be a part of the revolution, helping families reach their financial goals without taking a bunch of unnecessary risk, this is your moment. If you've made a career change this year in 2020 and you're ready to take a stab at it, we need to hear from you before... Uh, the end of the month. The best way to reach us is to go to our short link in the show notes or just go to bit.ly B-I-T slash work That's bit.ly slash So with all that and all that out of the way, I'm ready to get right to how you can combine the bank on yourself strategy with profit first. So the problem I found with many businesses is that most businesses are a cash-eating monster. I also noticed that in oftentimes we start our business with the intent to find freedom, to have our business work for us. But what ends up happening is we ended up buying a very expensive job. Our business starts uh, making us work for it rather than our business working for us. So with your business, ask yourself, As you look over the last three months, six months, and even beyond, were you the last one to be paid? You know, if you could turn that cash-eating monster into a cash-giving machine, how might you live different? How might you look for freedom in the places that we were currently enslaved to our business? So if you could be profitable, even Monday morning, like from this webinar, the next day the banks are open. If you could be profitable from the very next bank deposit, would you want to know about it? Would you want to find out how rather than waiting for years to pay off that old debt, etc.? So that's what I really wanted to bring to our content today. Profit first professionals, Amanda Neely, Brandon Neely, they're going to talk about a very cool concept and a way to combine the power of profit first with bank on yourself type whole life policies something we talk quite a bit on our show, Not Your Average Financial Podcast. They're gonna show you how this can fit like nitro and glycerin together. Both of those elements are fine on their own, powerful on their own, but what if you could combine the two to create something truly remarkable, truly explosive, truly freeing in your business and for your family as well? I suppose I'll pass the baton over to Amanda and let you guys run with it and I'll be color commentary along the way.
2: Thank you, Mark. Uh, really glad to be here. Really great to um, be to know you and to be part of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast family. Thanks so much for this opportunity. If you've ever thought in the past the average accountant or the average financial planner wants you to think that you can't make your business work for you, you can't build the wealth that you really want, no matter what happens in your business... That's not true. If you've ever thought that they actually want to keep you struggling, you're probably right. Their business depends on you depending on them. But we're here to show you how you can use time-tested systems to manage your cash flow, leverage your assets, increase your profits, and all of that toward the freedom that you really want in your life, your time freedom, your money freedom, um, building passive income, whatever that means to you. Um, We actually started our entrepreneurial journey back in 2008. We uh, wrote a business plan, we started working on it, and we opened a coffee shop in 2011. The whole idea behind this coffee shop was to make the world a better place. And instead of creating a nonprofit, we created a business that would generate profits generate revenue that we could use to help other nonprofits to build community to really change the world, make it a better place. But by 2012, we were ready to quit. (laughs) But we couldn't, right? We had too much debt. We actually, we were, if you're a business owner, you've probably been in this place too. What brought us to that place where we were ready to quit is um, over six months, we had a series of unfortunate events. We had to put a cat down. I had a miscarriage. My mom had a stroke. Brandon's grandma died. Brandon had to have his appendix removed cuz he had appendicitis. It was a lot going on. And the emotional turmoil and trying to run the business. We just we really wanted to quit both the business and frankly, our marriage. But the debt was too much. We had to stay together. We had to stay in this business because there was, there's was no way to fix it. But our business still wasn't quote unquote profitable. We, were, we sat down with a mentor of ours and we told him, we're profitable. We're paying all our bills. We're paying off our debt. Aren't we awesome? And he just looked at us and said, yeah, but are you paying yourself what you're really worth? And we just hung our heads in shame. That was, We weren't. And we're, we weren't even paying ourselves what we had been making in cubicles before we started our business. It, we were not truly a sustainable, profitable business.
0: I notice businesses and business owners can fall off both ends of the horse or both ends of the log. One side is profit, greed. Greed is good. The only thing we want is to suck up as much money and take as much from others as possible, that's a terrible way to run your business. And most people would agree. And yet the other side is to sacrifice ourselves on the altar of our business to serve without ever being replenished. And that too can be a terrible tragedy because as we flame out, we our business and the service that we were giving others goes with us. And so, man, the the power of what you just said can't be overstated, Amanda, and your realization of sustainability and sanity is, I think, really the core of what we're talking about today, both with Profit First, where profits will either leak out to somebody else or bank on yourself, where banking can be the main source and driver of someone's either financial success or failure. I'm not going to take it too much further, but I will say if we're not profitable, we're hurting other people if we're not profitable, we're hurting others. Uh, And so that's maybe a summary of what I just heard you say, Amanda. As I was reading through Profit First, I was immediately struck by the principles in their philosophy. But I was disappointed with just one thing that I think, Amanda, you found the solution to. Now, what I was disappointed in with Profit First was they immediately asked us to set up a bunch of bank accounts and letting all this money just sour inside a regular bank account, giving us zero interest, uh, and providing all the problems that come with traditional banking. So I immediately began to think through my options when I was thinking about how to implement the profit-first philosophy into a strategy that made sense for me, for my business. And as an expert in Bank on Yourself, that strategy immediately clicked in like two sides of a zipper, It immediately clicked in and it immediately came to mind as a potent implementation application of the profit first philosophy it was almost like we had the philosophy of profit first with the receptacle or the answer of bank on yourself as a way to implement it if i'm playing golf and i want to get my ball down the field i got to get the right club to get it down the field and bank on yourself was that club uh, of the uh, for the profit first philosophy and dividend-paying payments, passive income, tax advantages, the liquid access to my cash—all of that made perfect sense with the profit-first philosophy.
2: Mark uses this analogy: nitro and glycerin. I don't really know what that means, but <laughs> I assume it means that they—that the sum is greater than the parts.
0: It means kaboom.
2: Okay. (laughs) Um, So let's talk first about how to beat the banks at their own game. I want to tell you the story of one of uh, my favorite clients who he told me, I don't really understand what it means to think like a banker. And we went through a long process. He's a real estate and a business owner. And just recently he was telling um, his Team that's part of his business. I got to tell you about this. My dollars are now doing multiple jobs and I'm so excited about it. He was shouting it from the rooftops and was super pumped to share this with the people working for him. And he only started doing Bank on Yourself back in December, less than a year now. And what he's been doing is when he takes his profit distributions each quarter, he's been putting them into his Bank on Yourself type whole life policy and recently he had this great opportunity to uh, experience some growth in his business so he took up what we call a policy loan and he he lent that money to his business so that they could do that great opportunity and grow and like a good banker he's charging his business seven percent interest so he's able to have his dollars, in the policy. They're still growing. Uh, They're still going to receive the same dividends as if he didn't take a policy loan. They're also deployed in his business, helping him take advantage of this opportunity and earning him 7% interest, which then he's going to put back into his policy to get even more growth and even more dividends there. So uh, his cash is growing and he can pay it back on his own schedule too. That seven percent interest he's charging his business, he got to decide that. He's the banker. He can also decide if his business needs to start paying it right away or if it can wait for a while. Um, that's all in his purview. He's the boss. And I was joking with him. I, he was asking me, "What should I do? What uh, do I need to do?" And I said you're the boss. You get to call the shots. And he's like, no one's ever told me that before about my money. He's used to the internal revenue service saying, you got to follow these rules or his accountant saying, you got to you know, do this system. He was so excited that he finally got to uh, decide what he wanted his money to do for him and what that should look like to help him get the best results that he wanted. Now, on Yourself, like I shared before, it's been used by thousands of families. And really, the whole idea behind it is to be set for life without taking unnecessary risk. And families use this all the time as a safe, predictable alternative to other types of uh, savings and investing vehicles. But then with business owners in particular, There have been many who have used the bank on yourself concept to take control of the banking portion of their business and become their own source of financing for all kinds of opportunities to grow their businesses and to uh, take that next step that they want. As a business owner, you're already in the banking business. You might have accounts receivable that you're waiting for people to pay. That kind of makes you a lender, right? You might be holding money temporarily that eventually needs to go to the internal revenue service. You're being a bank in that way. There's so many other examples that if we're already in it, why don't we decide to take control of that and use it to our advantage, not just the advantage of someone else? So you might be saying at this point, we've given a basic overview of Banking Yourself, but you might be saying, yeah, but I've heard that whole life gets such a low rate of return. I can probably do better in the stock market. How will bank and will Banking Yourself actually help me grow wealth and get a good return on investment? And that's a totally legitimate question. If it was all about return on investment, that would be pretty important question to be asking. But I think the truth we need to remember as business owners, especially, that the return of our money is more important than the return on our money. The biggest risk we're taking in business is our business, right? That our business will actually work, that the economy won't shift or our uh, local neighborhood won't shift or whatever it is. Do we really want to take more risk with our money in order to maybe possibly get a better ROI? Or do we want a safe place that we know our money is going to be there for us when we need it? And the other truth is that bank on yourself isn't an either or option. It doesn't take away your options for if you did want to you saw a great opportunity in the stock market and or the real estate market and you wanted to go invest in those your money is safe accessible liquid you can go do that and in a lot of ways banking yourself can become a volatility buffer that when the market is going up and down That it can help buffer you against the consequences of that volatility and serve as a nice foundation for a diversified portfolio. I don't think Mark or us would ever tell you only do bank on yourself. It's yes, do bank on yourself and use that for the other parts of your portfolio to help them run better, um, help them get you better results, whether it's in your business, the stock market, the real estate market, or what have you. So that's the whole idea, pun intended, whole idea um, behind Bank on Yourself. I, I'm going to pause here for a second before we go into Profit First, just to check in, see Mark, if you wanted to add anything to that, if there's any questions we should for sure dive into before we go give a basic overview of Profit First.
0: Joe had a really great question and I'll toss it to you, Amanda. He writes, if you're in a job, if you have a W-2 job, not a business owner, and let's say also that you have no debt, except maybe the home mortgage, do either of these processes still help? Is it still helpful to have bank on yourself in your portfolio if you're just working a day job and have no other debt besides the house?
2: Great question, Joe. Thanks for asking. The first thing I think of is that you probably, if you don't have any debt, you might be paying cash for major purchases. Maybe you're when you need a new car, or in in other things like a roof repair. Right, there are all kinds of major expenses that come in your life. If you have any of those, bank on yourself can help you um, not lose the opportunity cost on those funds, but have those funds that you're going to spend to buy the car anyway, that you're going to spend to buy to replace the roof or whatever the the major expense is, to have those funds still grow for you for the rest of your life and not lose what they could have been had you not spent them. And then the other part of it is you, especially if you're in a W-2 job, you might not want to work that job forever. You might want to retire one day, whether that means you sit with your feet up and uh, enjoy doing nothing, or whether that means you start doing your passion or travel the world or whatever it is. And at that point, you're going to want a big bucket of cash that can help fund your lifestyle, buy groceries, do what you need. And if you have a 401k through work or an IRA, you've been diligently investing, banking yourself can actually help go along with whatever you're doing to make sure that you don't run out of money and that you're able to live that retirement lifestyle that you want.
0: Yes, either we pay interest to a bank or we pass up interest we could have earned on the money had we left it in the bank and not bought that car. Also, if all of our money is tied up in a employer sponsored 401k, don't you think that puts you at risk both in terms of the stock market and inflation? and the government's future taxation and your employer by the way who until you leave that company it's a profit sharing plan meaning it's their asset as much as yours considering a diversified portfolio is a great idea especially and even if you're a W2 day job employee so that's great great question joe
2: perfect okay question or secret number 2 the Breaking the paycheck-to-paycheck cycle for your business, taking profit from your next deposit. Many business owners think, my business is to small. It's too big. It's too early. It's too late. It's too uh, fast growing or it's not growing fast enough in order to do profit first. That's the most common thing we hear um, as an objection to profit first. My business is too. And all of those things are people think I can't do profit first because... Let me share a really quick story. I know of a business owner who got their first big tax bill and had that holy cow moment. How am I going to pay this? There's no money to... like. I don't know why I'm getting this big tax bill. I don't have the money in my bank to pay that tax. And about that same time was when she discovered Profit First. And it's it it was still early in the business. They were still figuring out how to make their business work and that kind of thing. So she didn't jump all in, but all she did for one year was just set aside 1% for taxes. Every single deposit they got, She would just move 1%, move the decimal point over two points and put that 1% in a separate savings account. She didn't even tell her business partner she was doing this. She just did it because she's like, I don't want to have to deal with this next tax year. And then, of course, they got to the next tax year and bam, she had enough money to pay the taxes and a little bit left over that they could take as a profit distribution. And that was enough for her to prove that profit first works. And she actually now has become a person that teaches profit first professionals how to help others implement profit first. So she's a like a coach of the us professionals. And that's part of why I heard her story because she's taught me a lot about how profit first works. And I love that you don't have to go a hundred percent all the way with the profit first system right away. You can start with even just 1% and start building that habit. Prove to yourself that profit first works. Because I believe this to be true. If you want to be profitable, you'll find a way to be profitable. I mean, for us, once we decided to make our business profitable, no matter what, we still had to figure out how. And that's really where this 1% be- made a huge difference. Um, Amanda,
0: that's a, you bring up a great point. Having even 1% profit, you can claim that you are a profitable business. Not even Uber can say that. Yep. So that's huge. And I'll say one quick thing before you lead us to the mind-blowing secret number three of how to combine these two together. But you guys just sent me a picture of what you bought with your profit account. Do you want to tell our listeners what you guys bought from your profit distributions?
2: Yeah, we totally bought a fire pit for our new backyard at our new home so that we can sit out there this fall and enjoy the fire, roast marshmallows, whatever we want to do
0: and we had a number of back and forth corny jokes i wrote you and said are you burning your profits and i said you should check your burn rate in your business and you guys said there's s'mores to life than money so there were some pretty great back and forths there so it can be a lot of fun to be profitable even if it's just corny jokes
2: absolutely (laughs) Uh, great point mark anything else you want to add about profit first
0: I love the ideas. Very simple. And guys, if you have any questions on that chart shown there, those are guidelines, right? Those are just ideas or targets. So start with 1% profit, if that's all you can do this quarter, and then move your way up.
2: Absolutely. Great. Okay. Finally, what you've all been waiting for, I'm sure. (laughs) How do Bank on Yourself and Profit First work together? We finally get to the good stuff. So let's talk about it. Some business owners say, I don't know how to make my business and personal finances work in coordination. Am I even allowed to think about that question? And I want to explain for tax and liability reasons, you do have to keep them separate. There's a clear you know, line between business and personal money, right? We all uh, hopefully know that and have separate accounts, uh, separate uh, logs, stuff like that. But that doesn't mean that they're not cohesive. For your personal benefit, for your business health, for the impact you want to make, your business and personal finances have to be cohesive. They have to work together. They have to make something happen for you that you want to see happen. So for us, Think on yourself showed us that we could reach our personal financial goals. It got us thinking long term. It made us better than debt free, and then profit first helped us align our business with those personal goals and that long term vision, so that our business is really working for us. And then now our profit, and if you're familiar with the the profit first system, some of our tax accounts, some of our owner's comp. We now have a vault. All of those kind of accounts go to us and then they go into our bank on yourself type policies. And then when our business needs a cash influx, we can loan those funds back to the business rather than use a line of credit or a credit card or go begging to the SBA for a loan or whatever it might be. So here's your the profit first model. You've got your revenue and then you divide that out into your profit, your owner's comp, your taxes and your operating expenses. Basic profit first cash flow system there.
0: And and Amanda, each of those four buckets are different bank accounts. So you yep. got five bank accounts all together. The one bank account where all your cash flows in called your revenue. And then you've yep. got all those four other accounts. Is that correct?
2: Correct. Yep. And then on the personal side, We have our income, what we pay ourselves, and that can really only go so many places. It can go to savings, investing, or to lifestyle. You might add a circle there for debt if you have debt, but I put debt as a subcategory of lifestyle because you're really just paying for past lifestyle choices with debt there. Um, And then... You'll notice there, we put a line down between those two. That's your tax line or your separation line. Got to keep it separated. And anytime you move profit, owner's comp, taxes across that line, you have to, of course, pay income taxes on that. It becomes personal assets rather than business assets, all those fun things that you talk to an accountant about. But here's where kind of the magic happens for us. We also have a bank on yourself type whole life policy that we love to just call our vault because that's a lot shorter. (laughs) Um, And we put our savings there. We put what we want to invest there. And we put what we will eventually pay to the Internal Revenue Service there in terms of our income taxes. and. It grows for us for the rest of our life and provides a death benefit in case something should happen to one of us. And uh, there's, you'll notice it's policies, there's not just one, there's multiple. And then when an opportunity arises, whether a personal opportunity or for illustration purposes here, we're going to pretend it's a business opportunity. We're able to take funds out of our whole life policies put it into a special growth fund, which we like to use a separate bank account for that to hold the funds temporarily. So then we can deploy them into the things we want to do to grow the business. And then hopefully the that works. It's a growth fund. It should drive our revenue, which then. And feeds the whole system. And we can use some of that revenue to increase our profit, our owner's comp and taxes, which then increase our income, keep the whole money system flowing here. Again, yours might look totally different and ours is a little more complicated than that, but to fit it on one screen in one picture, that's how it works for us. And I know Mark has a great example that he wanted to share too about how he's using these systems together.
0: Sure. Yes. What what I'd like to talk about quickly, very quickly, is just how you actually do that visually on your tracking system. Some people use a legal pad. Other people have a whiteboard where all their cash is. You can have a complicated piece of software. I have found oftentimes the best is simply just to be working with the tool that makes you the uh, most profitable you can be. So this is a quick picture of what happens when you put money into a policy. Uh, this is our budgeting tool. And everyone who's on our webinar right now gets a copy of this. After our webinar is over, we'll send you a uh, link to this so you can enjoy it and use it. But the idea would be putting your cash values in the top screen here. So let's say policy one, what you can borrow from that policy. Maybe this is Sam's policy. And maybe on today's date, you log in and it's twenty. Uh, 20- 22,000 bucks. Susie's policy, maybe her policy as of today is 14,500. And on today's date being November 12th, we've got 36,500 bucks to put aside. Now we've got our taxes bucket. We've got our investing bucket. And then we've got several different lifestyle buckets. Heck, we've even got a debt bucket right here. And for more information on how to pay off your debt with Uh, your policy, check out our last quarters or two quarters ago, our live episode on the debt snowbank method. And you can see the YouTube link right there in this uh, link that I'll be sending you guys. So the point of this is every quarter, you funnel more of your money into premium into these policies and you start building up your cash allocations. So if you need, let's say you need a tax bill of 10 grand at the end of the year. Let's see, what would that be? That'd be call it three, four grand a quarter, let's say. So let's just say three grand needs to go in this taxes bucket. And let's say that you have some lifestyle expenses you want to put aside. So we're going to put 5,000 for the travel. We're going to have 15,000 for the new car. We're going to have a certainly a number of dollars down here in our emergency fund. And so we've got to set aside a little bit of cash. We've got 3,500 bucks left in our real estate investing for now. And we're done. See how that little green sell appears when you've budgeted every last dollar. The key here is allocating all your cash value, just like you do anything else, into the buckets that Profit First recommends. We like to also say the phrase, give every dollar a job. Uh, So you don't want your cash value languishing in your policy. You wanna keep it working for you and doing what you want it to do. So I've got more information on this if you'd like. When I send you the link, watch our video playlist on how to exactly do this. There's several different videos, each five to 10 minutes long, a piece where you can watch how we fill this out and how we use it. And even when we borrow against it, how that all works. So this is how we do it. uh, A customized version of some similar software out there. I'm sure you could create your own version, but this keeps it nice and simple and helps you make sure that no matter if you have one policy or 50, (laughs) you can use the profit first philosophy inside your bank on yourself policies. Okay,
2: Thank great. you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, you might be saying to yourself, this seems way too complicated. How will I ever keep track? Is my accountant going to get mad at me if I have all of these accounts and I'm moving money around so much? And I want to put your uh, thinking at ease. You don't have to build everything overnight. Remember, we started with the power of just 1% shifts and what you can do to start. Uh, implementing some of these ideas, prove to yourself that they work, and you can always add a new element as you're ready. Some businesses take a whole year or more to implement profit first. Setting up a bank on yourself policy takes time too. If you wanted to start today, we'd say, wait, we got to take some steps before you can start one. The, it. So this doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to happen really quickly. And in fact, what we found is it's way simpler and less stressful than not knowing where your money is or what it could be doing. If you just have one big bank account right now, you don't know what that money is supposed to be doing for you or how much you really have to spend on this or that, whether it's in your business or on your personal side. But having multiple places that money can be uh, that are there for specific purposes can really make things a lot simpler and less stressful for you. In other words, the money in both places, your business and on the personal side, have common goals and they need to work together toward those goals. The systems need to become one system that helps you manage your cash flow, leverage your assets, and increase your profits, and really live the life you want to live and have the business you want to have. So setting up this kind of cash flow management system is really a shortcut to telling your money what you want it to do for you, giving every dollar a job, like Mark just said, and keeping everything working for your ultimate goals, uh, whatever that looks like for you. So hopefully you're really excited. That really is the power of how these two things can work together. How do you take things to the next level? Don't worry. This is not a sales presentation. This is a educational, hopefully entertaining podcast that shows you what this could mean for you and how to take the next step and figure out if it really will benefit you. We shared before, you have to work with a professional. Uh, you don't have to. For bank Banking Yourself, you have to. Profit first, there's plenty of people that implement it on their own, but most people read the book and never actually take action. So it's really great to work with a professional. Before I dig myself in the holes, <laughs> I wanna share with you, if you wanna find out if bank yourself is a good fit for you, for your family, your first step is to schedule an intro call During that call, we'll answer any questions you've thought of between today and when we talk, and we'll talk about what our process is to set up a bank-on-yourself type policy. We do offer a complimentary financial analysis to help you see if bank-on-yourself could benefit you and your family. If you're totally pumped right now about Profit First, and you want to find out if it's a good fit for you, your first step is to schedule an intro call. (laughs) during that call. And then you also might be in the place where you're like, I want to learn how Banking Yourself and Profit First can work better together and more about what that looks like. And as you might have guessed, your first step is to schedule an intro call. (laughs) Really easy. Same first step for all three of these things. And, And of course, we'll start with answering any questions you've thought of, but then we'll help you brainstorm. What's your best next step? Should you start with banking yourself? Should you start with profit first? Can you jump in and do both at the same time? What does that look like? What other adjustments maybe do you need to make before you do those things? And how would that work? We totally recognize that Sometimes people they love the concept, but they're not ready to start yet. They've got some other fish they've got to fry first, or something like that. And we'll totally tell you that because we want what's best for you. So again, the same link.
0: I'm sorry to interrupt you there, Amanda. Okay. Let's read that link for those. If this goes audio only, oh. um, the the link there is bit.ly forward slash boypf one two three. And we'll put that in the show notes, of course. But that's bit.ly slash boypf123. I had a summary question. Someone wanted to just understand why a whole life policy is better than a checking account. In in summary, could you distill it in a couple of sentences or two, Amanda? Like why would we use life insurance as our vault, our, our kind of hold accounts for the profit first system? Why is that better than a checking account?
2: Great question. The I would turn that around with a question like when you then take the money out of the checking account and pay taxes or use it for whatever you need, does the bank pay you any interest still on that money?
0: Of course not. No, you're down to zero. Yeah. And you got to break compound growth and you're only going to see growth starting to grow again slowly as you're able to save up for next quarter's taxes or the next, or the next uh, distribution.
2: Yeah. And then I'd also, when the money is in the bank, how much interest are they paying you?
0: Oh, pen- pennies, less than pennies.
2: Yeah. And most checking accounts aren't interest bearing either. And, s- and now when you put your, that same cash into a whole life policy, what's different?
0: You, you get the uninterrupted compound growth, even when you access the cash for, you know, the, through the loan feature for- taxes or your next profit distribution or other big expenses you need to take there's the tax advantages of life insurance it is life insurance so there's that multiple there if you pass away and it's also a self-completing golden parachute for your retirement whereas if you've just got a checking account you don't have an asset on the balance sheet but when you've got a whole life policy you've got yourself your retirement's waiting in the wings ready to Walk away from the business if it's not sellable, or to make it as a part of the business sale to make your you know golden parachute that much. Sure,
2: yeah. Oh, I was going to add one thing. You might be picking up on this already if you're familiar with whole life insurance. You might have picked up this is a different kind of whole life insurance. It's not universal life. It's not variable universal life or indexed universal life. It's not uh, kind of this the same exact whole life insurance that your grandma would have had. It's structured in a very particular way. There's only a few select companies that we can do this with. That's why you really have to work with a bank on yourself professional in order to set this up the right way to get all of those advantages that Mark was talking about.
0: Now, I was going to add, so with us, what's the death benefit on a savings account? And what's the death benefit on a, uh, putting it through the policy? So for us, with our taxes, I'm saving for taxes, but let's say something happens to me today. She might have that money saved, $10,000, whatever it is. But then we put it through the policy and she's going to get that death benefit if something happened to me as opposed to, all right, here's the savings account that I still owe to the IRS.
2: Great point, Bart, Brandon. Awesome. Please check out that Bitsly link. I'll read it again for anyone that's just listening. It's bit.ly slash boypf123, as in bank on yourself, profit first, B-O-Y-P-F, and then the numbers one, two, three. And that'll take you to a place where you can say whether you want to talk more about bank on yourself talk more about profit first, or talk about how to combine the two together. And when you choose your selection, it will take you to a calendar where you can schedule an appointment and start moving forward right away. So please visit that link, get something booked before the calendar is book up. And we will look forward to talking to you very soon.
0: We would love to have just a light, no obligation conversation to answer your questions and point you in the right direction toward resources. Brandon, Amanda, any final thoughts as we're wrapping up here?
2: I I wanna reiterate a big thank you. to you, Mark, for introducing us to Bank on Yourself, helping us realize how the financial industry really works and bringing our knowledge above just the average knowledge of how things are working. And thanks for being a comrade with us in the Profit First world. It's fun to always bounce ideas off of you of how Profit First is working and how do we spend our operating expenses most effectively and stuff like that. So thank you uh, for everything and especially for the opportunity to share with uh, the Not Your Average Financial Podcast listeners today.
0: And to celebrate your profit distributions by, and you guys are smoking me with your profit distributions coming off of a fire pit. That's awesome. I love it. And guys, most of our Not Your Average strategies are aimed toward Wall Street. And there's nothing wrong with Wall Street. And there's nothing wrong with having uh, a diversified portfolio. And we certainly need to uh, criticize and clarify that Wall Street is not the only answer. Similarly, on the business owner side, cash and checking accounts are not the only answer. And so what we're describing on this episode points to not your average business practices, uh, because the average business keeps a bunch of money in their business checking account, or lines of credit with the bank Uh, where they're in debt up to their eyeballs. This is not so average ways to being successful and profitable in your business. Today, literally Monday morning, your next bank deposit, you could be profitable if you're willing and ready to take the next step. For all people here, thank you so much for joining us for a live episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you guys think different about your business, your money, your economy, and your future.